The Sleepers Podcast, Tuesday, October 24th, coming to you live from a very well-lit room. I'm a bit disheveled today. Uh, Carter is coming to you live from the final stop in his world tour. Bittersweet moment for you, I'm sure, today, Cart. Bittersweet moment, but let me tell you something. Gee, it, it comes a time where you, ju- you just got to go home. You just got to go home. You got to find you, you got to let it go. It's time to do what you got to do. Be part of your responsibilities and just go home and be a family man. And that's what I'm and that's what I'm going to be doing in a couple hours here. And I'm pretty excited about it, to be honest with you. See, you're just way better at being like out of your element than I am because I'm like sitting in like a 78% squat position right now. The lights are way too bright from this window in this upstairs room. I feel like I'm totally scrambling and I'm about ready to end it all. I got to be honest. While like you can just go to a different state every single hour and podcast during all of it, it's honestly giving me a new respect for you as a as a human and as a coworker. So good work. Kudos, my friend. That means more than you know. I'm glad. Uh, today should be an interesting episode because we're going to finally talk about the Michigan football scandal. I don't know if scandal is even the appropriate word at this point. It's hilarious that uh, the, the details that are coming out about this are definitely very funny. We now feel obligated to talk about it. And then uh, we're going to do a couple lists that aren't Guy's list. Sorry, Guy. That's a, a little bit of a diss to Guy. He made a great list for today, by the way. But we're bumping Guy's list for two other lists that are even more problematic than any other list we could have possibly came up with. So Guy's list will be running tomorrow. Uh, no spoilers on that, but it's a pretty good list. It's uh, Actually, I want to look at it right now. It's his biggest questions for this season. Very fun little uh list lot we can talk about there but today we're, we're more focused on point guards and we're more focused on the big east so uh that's what's coming later in the show but first carter's west coast youtube comment of the day all right so we are going to ed what is it? Uh, i'm gonna butcher this ed maliska's and this was on our Illinois exhibition video and he said i was wondering before the exhibition game if underwood might have said to dane I already know what you can do, especially against a shorter team, dominate. So I'm going to start some of the other guys just to see what different combinations might do when you get in foul trouble or need to sub out, maybe, question mark. Do you think that Underwood actually do that? Because I didn't think of that as an angle for not starting Dane in this game. If if that's what he's doing, I disagree with it. Uh, I guess it could be what he's doing. I don't know. Mm. Okay. I if, if I'm Dane, I hate that. By the way, yeah, I mean, talk me through like, like you're a, a big man that has played college basketball. If this is being done to you, what's your read on this? That that's that's horseshit. I'm trying to get it off, coach. Especially if it's a shorter team, you think I can dominate? Then put me out there and let me do it. Like this isn't this isn't this isn't patty cake out there. We're not putting other guys out there because we're playing a a lesser team. Like maybe play me less minutes, but if I'm the starter on the team, I start against any team we play. That, yeah. that that would be how I feel. Also, can I make myself the official Dane Danger like spokesperson? Can I be the extension of him throughout the season? If you want to be, you definitely can. I don't think there's a huge contingent out there trying to be as pro Dane as you are. So I think I I I think you're underselling it a little bit. I think there is, but I'm staking my claim right now. I'm gonna be the but extension. Because no nobody was upset Danger. that Dane didn't start except for us. 
Yeah, true. I'm like, a little nobody. <laughs> honestly, like, Illinois fans aren't mad about this. I I don't. I know we were doing stock up and stock down in the last video. I might, and I know this is gonna blow up in my face. Stock down on Illinois fans. Don't like how they're approaching the season. I'm All sorry, right, man. All right. Uh, sorry. It, while we're stocked down on Illinois fans, can you read the mean Illinois comment from yesterday's video, or are you not in a page to do so? Uh, hold on, which one? There was one that really pissed me off. I figured you would know it. I thought when you said it was from the Illinois video, I thought that's where you were going to go. Mm, it's I like some, somebody it. upset that we were praising Justin Harmon after uh, Chris. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. No, no, I do remember that one. I want to read that one because that actually did piss me off. Yeah, I'd like to speak on this, if that's okay. Yeah, where's it at? Even if I can't find it, I can give you the the low of what the 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 what is it TLDR of it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, here's a TLDR of it. Justin Harmon was one of the most impressive guys in quotation marks. These guys are so flip floppy. Three months ago, they wouldn't have said this. Blah blah blah. Basically saying that we changed our stance on a guy. Um, because you know, I don't know. We saw him play, and that's what what you do when you talk basketball and you evaluate guys. Um, I don't think it's flip flopping bias. It's basically us watching a player actually play in a setting with his team and realizing, oh, that's a guy. Oh, that's a guy that maybe we should play. It's not flip flopping. And then that guy ended the comment by saying that I can't listen to these clowns anymore. Uh, Gregory, do you have any statements on that? Here's the exact comment. Caleb Kirkpatrick says, quote, Justin Harmon looks good and coming around on Damascus, complete opposite of what they said two months ago after one game. I want to like these guys, but can't take them guys seriously all over the place. Okay. Yeah. I'll jump in. Tap me in. Okay. Just sit in courtside. Go ahead. Sub me in, coach. Here's what's up. If all you want to do is listen to someone give an opinion six months ago, and then no matter what happens in the world after that opinion, just reiterate that opinion and double and triple and quadruple down, this is not the show for you, okay? Sorry to get a little fired up, but my hair looks like a ferret right now. The lights are way too bright. My eyes are really sensitive, and this squat position has me in hell, okay? So the last thing that I need is Caleb Kirkpatrick coming at me mad that I criticized some of his players three months ago, and now I'm praising them because they look good, and he's mad at me? What are we mad about? Like, all, all I'm going to do is admit when I'm wrong when I'm wrong. And when I'm right, I will tell you that I'm right. We are an objective podcast. We tell the truth on this podcast. We share our opinions. And when our opinions are wrong, we admit it because that's how we talk about sports. And I think we do it better than 99.9% of the people out there doing this. So if you want bias, if you want lies, not the show for you, Caleb. Okay. Thanks for being in my comment section. And uh, that's it, man. God. That was very eloquently put. Just like what 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 am I getting criticized for? Coming around on his favorite players? That's a sin now? Like because they played good, right? Like Yeah. Well the, the the thing is I'm putting myself in the shoes if we were like before this, before all the sleepers media stuff, wouldn't we be happy that someone came around on a player finally and not be like, Oh, but two months ago you said you weren't on that guy. Yeah, like do you want me to watch Justin Harmon look good and be like, No, he still stinks? Like, no, I I am like I'm willing to admit that I was wrong about Justin Harmon based on what we've seen so far. You know who I wasn't wrong about? Ty Rogers. Okay. Like that's, that's how me 
doubling down for no reason out of bias. It's me evaluating what I see with my eyes and then talking about it into my microphone on my podcast with my friend Carter. That's how this works. Okay. That's if it's not for you, no worries, my friend. If it is for you, great. And I think there's a lot of people listening to this that it is for. So uh, let's move on. But God dang it, man. Uh, do we go to the Discord? Could we t- take questions for some people that like us? Please. Or I, maybe these people don't even always like us, to be honest. For the uh, most part. I love our Discord. I think that's all that matters, really, truly. Uh, let me find yesterday's episode got out really late. I want to apologize for that, but Cart and I have been, uh, as you can see all over the place with our schedules. So it's making it more difficult. Uh, but yesterday's episode was sent at five Oh five PM. And we still got some good listens and views on this. So shout out to everybody who was supporting Coy starts us off today. He says regarding Dane, not starting the reported plan is that even though he isn't starting when he is in, he will be the highest usage guy on the floor. I said I hate that plan in the Discord. What do you think of that plan? I hate that plan too. Just just start him. Start your best center. He's your best center. Start him. I am not a fan of coaches telling their players, oh, you're not starting, but when you're in, you're our everything. I'm just not. That's a lie, first of all. It's not true. Uh, I tried to pull that move with one of my players in high school. We had a... We had a senior, just a shooter, basically. Great kid. Love him. If you're listening to this, Carter, respect to you. His name's Carter. Uh, He was like a starter on some worse teams earlier in his career. And then by the time he's a senior, we got all these killer underclassmen. Like we just have a bunch of sophomores and juniors who were way more talented than anything we'd ever had. So he had to move from a two-year starter to being our sixth man, gunner off the bench. I had to have these conversations with him. I'm like, you know what? I'm the player's coach. I'm the, the, I don't know, the mentals, the psychology guy. I'll go talk to him and convince him, like, gunner off the bench is a killer role. I had to make the sell. I made the Brad Underwood sell. Like, when you're in the game, everything's centered around you. I'm going to be running you off triple screens. You're going to be Rip Hamilton, blah, blah, blah. And it worked. He bought in. Did that actually happen? No. When he checked into the game, we weren't running him thousands of screens to get him shots the whole time. He was just standing in the corner while our four better players did things. If Illinois doesn't think Dane's good enough to start, they're not running the entire game around him when he checks into the game. Yeah, please add that to my list of basketball icks. The I'm going to bring you off the bench, which is going to be a high usage guy. Uh, Shortly, probably like five bullet points below the player going into the coach's office asking to come off the bench. That that that's kind of the energy it gives me. They should just start him though. Like he's a better basketball player than Ty Rogers across the board. Just start him. Yes. <laughs> it's not hard. actually like and actually it, he's, he might be a better passer than Ty Rogers. I'm dead ass. And it makes Dude. room for Amani Hansberry in the rotation if you do it. I don't get what they're doing. Uh, moving on, guy says uh, not too concerned with the Hogard comparison since Michigan State is no concern of mine. Come the second weekend. When scrappy nine seed Nebraska has shot their way by Tom Izzo's poor attempt at a front court. I have a lot of questions about this comment. The main thing is I've never seen a Nebraska basketball fan talk with the confidence that guy talks with. It's unbelievable. Like they haven't been to the second day in the big 10 tournament in my life. I don't think, and I'm 30. 
I don't understand. They're not going to be a scrappy 90 this year. I just want to end this actually right now because Guy has mentioned this in the Discord many of times. They're not this year's Penn State. And also, <sighs> no, I'm not going to get it going because it's going to start a whole new thing. Kise Tomonaga is good, but can we please stop acting like he's whoa, Steph whoa, Curry? Whoa, I'm let's serious. Breathe I'm, let's breathe I'm on dead this. Ass. I'm dead ass. Come on, man. Like People are acting like he's the second coming of Curry. We're not going to slander Kisei. I love Kisei. He is good enough to potentially make this team go further than they should. Uh, I you'll never catch it, me it, saying a bad thing he... about Guy. That's for another day now. But you'll you'll never see me uh, say a bad thing about Guy whatsoever. I love our Guy. Shout out to Guy. Great Guy. Made a Twitter account by the way. Follow our Guy. Guy. Uh, I think it's. I don't remember what his his handle it's, is. It's, I think it's guy f underscore guy f underscore. Yeah. Uh, make sure you follow Sleepers Guy. He's helping us out a lot with content. But um, yeah, just some like logistically, Michigan State couldn't play Nebraska in the second round. So if that's what we're doing, like, I don't think that comp works. And uh, also, Nebraska is not going to be a nine seed. And also, I still don't really get where the Hogard guy comparison came from. So let's just move on. Travis Nelson has some Kate and Hauser thoughts. I'm not trying to defend him because he was awful, but not only wasn't he put in the best position to win by his coaches, he wasn't put in any position at all. Running on early downs doesn't help. A young quarterback, if it's not working, he was faced with second and third and long all night. Also, it felt like they never gave him passes in the middle of the field or used his legs that worked really well the week before. Fire Jay Johnson into the sun. I kind of feel that. A little bit like um, actually to 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 take this to one of your guys that you feel highly about when Auburn played Georgia, like they just for the first half when they were winning that football game, they just said, I'm just going to run Peyton Thorne. And it actually worked and he ran well. Maybe you kind of do that same thing with Caden Hauser, like mm-hmm. don't let him throw. I don't honestly, I don't know. I am so sick of Michigan football or sorry, Michigan State football. And like the quarterback discussion, I'm I'm tired. I'm very, very tired of that program. And they need to change so I can change. Yeah, I uh hilarious that you're now referring to Peyton Thorne as one of my guys. Uh I guess that's a fair thing after this whole season. But um yeah, I don't know. I just I think whatever they were gonna do wasn't gonna work. I guess it like can we look back at the game and be like, what they did didn't work, so that's the coach's fault? Yes, we absolutely can do that. But I, I think the alternatives to what they could have done were also not going to work, largely because the players aren't very good. So <laughs> I have a hard time uh, – like, I, I, I don't have a hard time blaming the special teams coaching when they, like, line up incorrectly. That's a coaching mistake. I have a harder time pointing to, like, offensive play calls and being like, Kate Hauser wasn't given what he needed mm-hmm. in this game. Like, yeah. yeah, but but, but yeah. can't you like call? Can't you call plays to help a guy out? I think you guys will jump through every hoop possible to not say it's Caden's fault, no matter what. Uh, mm-hmm. Sure, they need they they should have called the perfect plays that would have led to Caden throwing a hundred more passing yards in this game. Yeah, like, no, but I mean, I, I mentioned it during the Rutgers game. Like it's it's a downpour monsoon outside, and we're throwing fifteen yard out routes. It well, he just... can't throw a 15-yard out route against anyone. So, <laughs> like, there was no weather issues in this game. He couldn't complete anything beyond a four-yard dump down. And, uh, yeah, he was in a lot of third and longs. That's probably the only reason he completed the four-yard dump downs. <laughs> like, so so Levitt, se- Levitt season? Are we acting like Caton's legs 
were there in this game, by the way. He ran for negative 20 yards in this game. No, like, <laughs> no, 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 no. Like, oh, we should well, we should have well, used his legs early, early in downs. Like, well, huh? I mean, how many times was he sacked, though? Probably. I think he would have <laughs> gotten killed. Like, <laughs> if he dies, he dies. Okay, let's move on. Uh, Ethan Basilla, who is with me on the not so sure about Kate and train. For a specific reason that's different than mine. But Ethan says the narrative change from Noah Kim is the problem. Uh, to Hauser has no help. It makes no sense to him. Uh, yeah, I mean, if the exact same performance was had the last two weeks from Noah Kim instead of Kaden Hauser, the conversation is Noah's not good enough. He's killing the team. And instead with Kaden, it's he's not put in the right spots to succeed. I, I, I think I, I stand pretty firm that, well, not completely firm because i did already state that i would give it to the end of the season but all guys just might stink yeah and it doesn't matter all guys stink, all, including the quarterbacks too like that that's that's everybody the team yeah. stinks that that's a reasonable conclusion i did think of this in the process of uh combing through these comments last night if you swapped the quarterbacks from these two teams in this game what is the final score? You can't tell me there's no change because that I that's just not true. If you put JJ McCarthy no. with Michigan State's roster exactly how it is around him, and you put Kate Hauser at quarterback with Michigan's roster exactly how it was around him, what's the score of this football game? Michigan wins. Michigan wins thirty-four to fourteen. I like that. That's about where I came out. Like Michigan's still clearly the better team. They win comfortably, yeah. but there's a there's a massive gap here at the quarterback position too. It's not like they have a good quarterback and nothing else. Uh, okay, I'm glad we're aligned on that at least. That feels like we've maybe found our first agreement point on the Michigan State quarterback system this entire season. Yeah, uh, yay! Scrolling down. Yay. Frisbee has a really good comment here. He says, curious your thoughts on how coaches handle players' minutes, especially for deep teams. Do they have plans in advance? Do the assistants help? Is it all in-game what's working in order to win? Side note for both Greg as a high school co coach and Carter as a college player, top things players get pulled for doing or not doing? It's a fun question. <laughs> Let me tell you, Frisbee, you came to the right person of talking about what players get pulled for. Um top thing players get pulled for in my experience mm, i would say mental mistakes mostly defensive mental mistakes that's what gets you pulled the fastest anything defensive mental related like missing an assignment that was talked about all week not talking more things like that you you rarely get pulled for offensive things i feel like I've never really truly seen that in my experience, but that also might just be the guys I played with. Uh, but it was always defensive mental type things. Um, as far as the minute allocation, I think that there's less emphasis on the opponent, if that makes sense. Like, I don't think that a coach goes into a game like, uh, let's say I'm playing Purdue. So this means it's going to be a Maddie Sissoko 30 minute game, or I'm going to play hillsdale so that means that this is going to be a madison soko 40 minute game i don't think that that necessarily happens or at least i haven't experienced that i don't know if you as you as a coach have approached it a different way 
Yeah, this is sort of a cop-out answer, I think. I don't know if Frisbee's going to get the answer he deserves for such a well-thought-out question, but I think across the board, like how do coaches approach minutes, the answer is it's wildly different depending on the coach. I think every – it's like almost like what's what offensive system do coaches run? Well, it's completely different based on what the coach wants to do. Like it is a strategy, and there are very different answers to the strategy. Tom Izzo runs 12 deep deep teams during the regular season. And he wants a revolving door of centers at all times. He wants to get like third string players on the court for five minutes a half. Uh, most teams, in my opinion, don't do that, especially at the end of season. Like most teams are trying to play their best seven guys as many minutes as they can. Um, obviously across different levels, there's different strategies to this. Like my, my approach very much was keep my best players on the floor, like have a defined rotation, where everybody knows their role going into games. If something's going to change for some reason, like let them know ahead of time. But I, I've never really been a guy to like just get my 10th best player minutes because we need to keep him happy or so. If, if he's not adding something on the floor, like I'm I'm not playing him. I'm playing eight guys. There's more than enough stops at all levels to play your eight guys. Uh, can I throw my can I throw wait, can I real quick before we move on? Can I throw my basketball minute hot take? Yeah. That I truly actually believe. Yeah. Practice is irrelevant as far as figuring out what guys you're going to play because I have seen guys that in practice are absolute All-Americans, but you put them in the game, they can't do anything. I think that's fair. I've definitely seen that too. Um, yeah, as far as like yanking guys in the middle of a game, uh, one of my big ones that was actually an offensive thing, I had a couple guards one year who were my best players, very good players, they had to do a lot. Like we weren't a great team. They had to do a lot. And I was constantly harping on them to try and get good shots and not settle. So I had a, like a, a term that I ended up using constantly with them where I would say that's an anytime shot. Like you can literally get that shot anytime. That's not helping this team or this offense. If you just run down and take an anytime shot. And uh, it, it seemed like it just wasn't getting through. So that became a thing of like, you take an anytime shot you're coming out. I will say I am a big proponent of uh, when it comes to subbing as a coach, big proponent of like, get you out, tell you what went wrong. Or if I saw something, get you right back in. I'm not a big like schedule. Oh, you're coming out. You're out for five minutes. Cause I'm mad at you. I'm like, Oh, Hey, this is what I saw that I didn't like fix that. Go right back in the game. Like that was always my approach. And I think that I resonates that. more too. Cause guys, the guys come out and actually take you serious if they know there's like a reason and we're going to fix it together versus like you're out, I'm pissed at you. Then guys disengage. Then there's bad body language. Then they're checked out. Mm. You know, yeah, you, you can't fix it unless you get back in the game. Also, I'm a huge anytime shot guy. I know you are. That's if like, if I had to coach you, we would have some issues for <laughs> sure. Uh, uh, scrolling down here. Um, t -t -t oh yeah. Guy's going to take a, a, he's talking about college visits. And it uh, sounds like he's going to come to the state of Michigan. So we got a crew already. Ethan and Ryan Lyon going to help take him on his tour of Michigan State. Also, Guy, just want to let you know, means a lot, man, that you're saying you're going to visit the Michigan schools just because of, of sleepers. That's big time. We'll gladly Jeez. attend these visits with you. Make sure you you are shown a good time. couple comments to end this portion of the show. Keith Johnson says, bad takes on midseason tourneys. I would absolutely love to see some tournaments in January. One of my issues with the season, we don't get enough cross-conference play after December. That means strength of conference is basically decided at the beginning of the season. Maybe this is why the Big Ten has been getting so many bids but not performing in March. 
I just agree to disagree, Keith. This is what it is. I respect your opinion. Yeah. Yeah, respect that opinion, but I still feel the same that we uh we we already talked about it in length yesterday. Yeah. Booby jumps in with his player of the day, day 10, New Mexico point guard Donovan Dent. He's entering his sophomore year. He's a certified dude, should be playing a sixth man role for a very good New Mexico team, where if House and Mashburn weren't there, Dent would be getting a lot more time and attention. I absolutely love Donovan Dent. I've actually been a big time Donovan Dent guy because he was Jared McCain, who's now a Duke's teammate uh, at Centennial. And it was Jared McCain, Donovan Dent, and Devin Williams, who's now at UCLA. Really, really good. Um, really, really good college. Uh, sorry, high school basketball team. Um, I, he's going to be really good. I really love New Mexico's guards. I mean, Greg, we know me and you last year watching House and Mashburn. But Dent is like that third guy, that third guard on that team. There's a... If you're putting up those three guards against a lot of guards across the country, I'm ranking those guys pretty high. Uh, I really like Donovan Dent's game, and I think he's going to have a really good uh, sophomore season this year. So shout out to Booby with that poll. Yeah, that's a really good poll. Also, I'd like to propose that uh, New Mexico is our backup team if for some reason Creighton fails us. I'm in. Okay. Yeah, we love New Mexico. Donovan Dent's a big part of that. Malik Perry says, with MSU exhibition game, what things do you hope to see more than anything else? Is Xavier Booker on the floor? Is that tonight, by the way? When is this? Uh, the Hillsdale one? Isn't there is, – Tennessee is like Friday. I don't know when any of these games are. No, I'm pretty sure Tennessee is the 29th. Um, let me – Sunday? I think so. I think it's the same day as Kansas and Illinois. Wow. State basketball schedule. Why don't I have this memory? I'm such a bad. Maybe <laughs> maybe I'm pulling the Greg. I'm just uh, disconnecting myself. Um, Tomorrow, 25th. Wow. Okay. Uh, all right. Some things that I want to see. I want to see AJ Hogard making threes. I have heard rumblings that that's a real thing. And if that's a real thing, changes my outlook a lot. I want to see Cohen Carr do anything besides dunk anything, whether that's like offensive rebounding, whether that's defense, I I need to see him provide some sort of value in something. Uh, I want to see if Carson Cooper's actually made any strides. I'm skeptical there. People keep telling me he's a dude. We going to see would be my answer. And uh, yeah, Xavier Booker minutes. Yeah. I also want to log into BTM plus put my credit card information in and then cancel it right after the game. That's a good one, too. I also want to see Jeremy Fears. Not like I'm waiting to see anything. I just like want to watch him play basketball. <laughs> it's really fun. Uh, we got two more questions here. Tristan Freeman, somehow I'm up at 8 a.m., so might as well ask a question. Which narrative that you've been beating the drum for all offseason are you quietly scared deep down inside will blow up in your face once the season starts? Hmm. I got mine if you want to think. Yeah, can you go first? If Purdue doesn't <laughs> do this this year, I'm screwed. Like I'm <laughs> I've attached myself at the hip to this team's going to be so elite and if they're just not, I I don't know if I can show my face in public for a while. I think I'm scared most of my Ohio State basketball takes. Mm, okay. 
I'm I'm just scared. Uh, the I actually went back and watched a little bit more of that exhibition against Dayton. Uh, and I'm a little more scared about Scotty Middleton than I should be. Actually, that oh. that struck a little bit of fear in me. I, I'll be honest with you, but I'm not I'm not selling my stock. I'm not getting off my take. But I I you know basketball Jones actually came into the shout out to basketball Jones by the way came into the Discord and made a mention of Bruce Thornton's passing. And I went back and I watched that plus Middleton and uh, like Bruce Thornton's really, really good, but I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm, I'm scared that my Ohio state basketball takes my blow up in my face. Yeah. I, uh, I want to see more Scotty. I'll just leave it at that. I'm not willing to say anything harsh about him, but uh, it wasn't great. want to see more before. <laughs> I'm just picturing what you're going to go through. If Purdue does the same thing they did last year. It'll, well, it'll that, be warfare. So it'll I would like to think if, because again, back to our my rant on the comment section, we evaluate as we go. Like I make mm. a prediction, but if the prediction's wrong, I'll admit it and evaluate as we go. I would like to think that if Purdue's actually headed for the same destination again, we'll see it coming. Because we did last year, like in the middle we of did. the season, we were like, this mm. is this is red flag. Like I, I'm not afraid to call out red flags again if I see them. Just my prediction is we won't see them at all. My prediction is they'll be very, very good. Um, we'll see. Keith wants AJ Hogard getting snubbed on the koozie list. That's going to be a topic. And final question: Booby uh, wraps us up today with if you had to place a future on any Power Six team that wasn't in the top five of their preseason conference rankings to win the conference championship, who would it be? Hmm. That wasn't in the top five of their conference rankings. Mm -hmm. So I don't think it'd be a Big Ten team. Yeah, it can't be Big Ten. Given can't be a Big Ten team. Uh, I think I'd go Colorado in the Pac-12. I think they were fifth. They got to be top five. I think they were fifth. Is fifth in the top five? Yeah, it is. I mean, I want to. I want to say not a math podcast, but that's just come on, Carter. Actually, uh, I don't know if there is one. Yeah, we I don't think you just burning money. Yeah, I think I would pick a Pac-12 team just because how I feel about the Pac-12. Uh, but I don't know what team it would be. Picking someone out outside the top five to win the conference would be kind of crazy, but. I don't know. Yeah, I got mine. I got mine. Syracuse. Ooh. Syracuse, 30 to 1. ACC? Yeah, they're sixth. Uh, I Yeah, I've been on record. I don't think the top of the ACC is as super elite as it's being made out to be. And that's really just a shot at Duke because I don't think anybody thinks North Carolina or Miami are that elite. But, uh, yeah, there's a world where Syracuse has two of the top five players in this conference. It's worth a 30 to 1 ticket, I would say. I like that. I'm just real quick for my for my uh, who was who's the SEC who's the SEC? Uh SEC you could get Florida ten to one, Auburn twelve to one, both outside the top five. I like Auburn. I like an Auburn pick. Also, you knowing that at the top of your head is very impressive. I would also love to throw out Pepperdine 100 to one to win the West coast. Um, you know, I've been waiting on a Pepperdine emergence here for the last 10 years. They've really made things tough on Mark view from time to time. And uh, I don't know. I don't know. Just saying, I mean, maybe St. Mary's and Gonzaga beat each other, which means both teams have like one more loss than they normally would. And 
The door is wide open for a Pepperdine breakthrough this year. We'll see. Great job, comment section. We appreciate you. Uh, if you want to join the Discord and make sure that your comments are read every single day on this show, you can do so. Click the link in the description of this video. Join the Discord. Support us. We support you. You scratch our back, we scratch yours type of thing, right? Yeah. yeah. And yeah, and the funny thing about my back is, all right, let's move on to the topics. <laughs> okay, topic number one. Uh, let's just jump right into it. Why not? Spygate. Yay. Michigan football uh, is found essentially guilty of cheating, except they haven't been found guilty yet. They're just accused of it. But I don't know, man. More details are emerging about this thing. It's ridiculous. This guy, Connor Stallion, I mean, first of all, ridiculous spy name. Like if you were going to come up with a joke spy name, like Connor Stallions would 100% be one of the top 20 names I would make up. Uh, This guy was just like a Michigan super fan who somehow had some sort of military background and had like a LinkedIn bio that was like applying military-based tactics to football strategy. Well, it turns out that applying military-based tactics to football strategy just means buying tickets in your own name to 30 different venues around the country and then Venmoing random people to go to the games for you. There's such an obvious paper trail. Uh, I mean, this this man is just such an idiot. And uh, it's it's very hard to believe the Michigan staff didn't know about this. They clearly did. I mean, there's all these videos coming out of this guy right next to the offensive coordinator and right next to the defensive coordinator at the appropriate times during games. Like, there's no way this just wasn't a coordinated thing that everyone on the Michigan staff knew about. The question is, does that warrant penalty or not? Like there, there is a big gray area with what the rule actually is here, what the loophole is. Um, Again, clearly there was coordination. There was effort put into this by Michigan football to steal the signs. You can listen to what football people are saying also. Like they've asked other coaches around the big 10 about this, Matt rule, PJ Flack being two of them. Those guys have essentially hit the podium and been like, everybody still signs. Like, it is what it is. I'm not going to comment on it. And then there's the opposite side that's like, burn it all down. They deserve the death penalty here. So uh, where do you stand on this very, very hilarious development for Michigan football? That's where I'm – I think it's funny more than anything. Where do you stand on this? Uh, yeah, that's, that's where I want to start. Absolutely hilarious. My team just lost 49 nothing. We put a dictator on the screen. We didn't score a point in a football game. And the conversation is surrounded that Michigan is sending a 50K employee a year type guy, type staff member around the country to go watch teams and steal signs. Uh, honestly, I <laughs> I, I, don't want to see Michigan necessarily. I mean, it would be funny, I think, for Michigan to get punished for this, but it's not like I'm like, give them the death penalty, take everything away from them. I don't really care. The whole situation is kind of funny. I just love seeing the tweets about it. It's fun to laugh about. I saw someone tweet the other day that they should have sent someone to the TCU games last year. Might have helped them in the college football playoff. I just think the narrative around it is hilarious, uh, especially because there's actually truly people out there that believe that Michigan wouldn't win football games without some guy whose name I think is Connor Stallions. I refuse to believe that's a real name that think he's going around the country and helping Michigan secure wins when their football team is actually just good and they don't need to do this. 
So it's <laughs> the whole situation is just funny. Uh, if this ends up being the reason that Harbaugh like stops coaching at Michigan too, just epically hilarious for time for years to come after this, we'll talk about how a sign stealing Spygate situation happened with an ex Marine named Connor Stallions. That sense will forever just bring a smile to my face. I mean, it is like objectively hilarious that Michigan State just lost forty nine and nothing amidst uh like a photo on the jumbotron scandal mistake and somehow 48 hours after that michigan state fans are the ones celebrating like you can't make up the levels of stupidity here um there's something intrinsically hilarious about the institution of the university of michigan to me and i i know i'm dipping my toe into the lines here of like I, I don't know, a rivalry hatred, I guess. Like, I'm a Michigan State alum, and I'm a Michigan basketball fan, and I, nobody likes me for that. Like, both sides hate me. I wish it could turn into a thing where both sides love me. Both sides hate me. Michigan State fans are like, you're the worst alum ever. Michigan fans are like, you're not even a real fan. It is what it is. I've come to terms with it. I've dealt with that. But I'm about to say something that's, like, kind of going to blur the lines, and people are probably going to get upset with me about. There's something intrinsically hilarious about the institution of the University of Michigan constantly preaching about how much smarter they are than everyone, and how much they value academics, and like it continually shooting themselves in the foot by not allowing transfers in because they didn't take the right general education classes in four years, even if they had a good GPA at a good school. Oh, we're too prestigious. We're the leaders in the best. We can't possibly allow Terrence Shannon on our campus for, for six months. Like it, it is so hilariously stupid for that institution to also be the institution that's employing a man who believes he's a military tactician that is stupid enough to leave a Venmo trail and buy tickets in his own name. Like it's just, it's absolutely abundantly hilarious to me. And it's, it's just like so on brand. Like my whole thing is there's a level of arrogance to everything Michigan does as an academia place. And this is just the most arrogant yet stupid way for someone to cheat if you want to steal signs there's a thousand smart ways to steal signs and then there's the we're smarter than everyone else way which is to hire a military tactician to leave a paper trail <laughs> like it's just it's so dumb you can't even make it up and um i yeah i'm just enjoying the entertainment side of it more than anything uh I, what do you think's gonna happen here like, do, do you think that they're actually going to have to, like, vacate anything? Is Harbaugh going to be taken down by this? Now, uh, preface this with this is just me and my feelings. I haven't, like, read into what happens. And as many people know out there, the NCAA is never, ever consistent in punishments that they give. Um, but for this, I, I really don't think vacating wins is going to happen. I think it's just going to end up being a slap on the wrist type situation. But I do think that the University of Michigan could leverage this to get rid of Harbaugh. Because if I'm if I'm not mistaken, like Ward and Harbaugh just don't get along at so you all. Th- you think Michigan would want to get rid of Harbaugh and use this as a reason why? I think Ward wants to get rid of Harbaugh, yeah. I don't think I would say that. 
I thought I I from at least things I I thought they the, those guys just hate each other. They don't, don't see don't eye like to eye, other. that's for sure. But I I don't think anyone from the Michigan side is like not wanting Harbaugh to be the long term coach. I think they're but you don't you, with you, his you, antics. You don't think that? Yeah, I'm saying like aren't his antics just like? Well, I guess they're winning, so who cares? But like, aren't his antics at a certain point? Don't they just? get old or annoying or they don't get old and annoying until it, it affects actual wins and losses. I don't know. I mean, I, it's hard for me to answer because again, I'm a mutant. I've always said I despise personally, my personal opinion. I despise Jim Harbaugh. I hate everything about the man antics wise. I think it's just not fun for me. Um, Michigan fans obviously feel much differently. And I can objectively say like he, he's one of the best three coaches in college football. So uh, I, I don't believe it to be true that anyone on the Michigan side is looking to get rid of Jim Harbaugh, even in light of this. Um, now, it might play out where this ends up being painted as part of the reason why it doesn't happen. I've been on paper. I don't think Jim was going to return after this year anyway. I think the writing is on the wall. Like, how gullible can you be? They can't come to terms on an extension with Jim Harbaugh, really? Like, that that's happening here. No, he actually just has one more season of his generational quarterback with one more season of his generational running back. And like he's already he's at the top of the mountain, right? So he like one more playoff run. If it doesn't work, is he going to rebuild or is he going to not extend the contract and finally go take the NFL job? Like to me, that's been pretty clear. That's what's happening here all along. To me, that might be part of the reason why things have gotten a little reckless as far as Michigan football's approach to some of this stuff. I don't think they're super worried about following NCAA rules in general. <laughs> like I, I don't think Jim Harbaugh has cared about following NCAA rules in a variety of ways for 24 months. Um, and I believe that to be because he knows there's an end date on when he was going to be done coaching Michigan. So we'll see if I'm yeah. right. We'll see if I'm wrong, but um, uh, hold on. I mean, I mean, I got to say this. I mean, this in the nicest way possible. If I had to pick one of my friends to be a sign stealer, I would pick you. <laughs> I think you'd be great at it. I could get creative on that, couldn't I? That's what I'm that's what I'm saying. I feel like you you would do great work as a sign stealer. I would definitely at least wear like an obvious fake mustache if I was going to do this, <laughs> like at least play into the humor of it a little more. I just uh can I let me add one more element of this cuz I feel like I've been a little harsh, rightfully so, on the Michigan side of this. Now I want to say something harsh to the way Michigan State fans are interpreting this. Uh, I've seen multiple people be like, is it really that hard, Michigan fans? Like, look, look what I did. Pat myself on the back. I condemned Mel Tucker right away when the news broke. Is it really that hard to condemn Jim Harbaugh? There's a massive difference between <laughs> accusations of masturbation versus <laughs> accusations of hiring someone to steal signs like that is that is not comparable at all michigan state fans should not be like i i denounced sexual harassment why can't you do that it's not sexual harassment okay like this is not comparable situations whatsoever um and i don't know man i uh can we talk about cheating for a second <laughs> What about it? Are we all really going to sit up here and pretend that anybody cares about cheating in sports? Specifically in sports, just to be clear, like uh, cheating in other elements of life. Horrible, of course. But yeah, but in, in sports, no, it does not. It does not truly matter. There's levels to cheating, right? 
Like, yeah. But if you're going to look me in the eyes and ask me, like, would I trade the last decade of Michigan basketball results for Louisville's results and knowing where they would be now and knowing what happened? Hell yes, I would. Okay, like (laughs) you can't vacate memories and anybody trying to act like that's not the case here. I feel like it's being disingenuous. I feel like Michigan State fans would agree with this. Like, are you you're really looking me in the eyes right now and telling me you wouldn't swap positions with Michigan right now and deal with the cheating allegations? Oh, 100 percent. would. Of course you would. Like, because who cares? Win the football games. So. It's it's equally stupid that this is even like a rule in the first place as it is the way Michigan broke it. Like it's just it's so incompetent on all levels. Honestly, honestly, credit to Michigan for having their staffers go out and cheat and steal signs instead of having staffers go out and set up Zoom calls for your coach to be a sexual deviant. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) it could always be worse. All right. Uh, I hope that's the last. Actually, no, I don't. I hope that's not the last time we have to talk about this. I hope it keeps getting weirder and weirder, and we have to keep talking about it because this is hilarious to me. Uh, I want to so talk funny. about the Big East. The, it's Big East Media Day. Some of our Field of 68 colleagues are out there. I believe Douster Goodman. Uh, I think Borzello's there. I don't know who else there. I haven't watched too much of it this morning, but uh, I hope they're having a great day at Big East Media Day. More importantly to me, what is the Big East doing? I'm very confused by this, and I'd love you to explain this to me. Tyler Kolick was the preseason Big East player of the year. At the same time that that is true, there's an all-Big East preseason first team that does not include Tyler Kolick, but includes Justin Moore, Trey Alexander, Bryce Hopkins, Joel Soriano, and Ryan Kalkbrenner. I'd assume if you're listening to this, you're probably doing the same thing I did mentally, which is like, okay, that's weird. The player of the year is not on the first team. But more importantly to me, where's Donovan Klingon? Like, I, I think Donovan Klingon's a top five player in the country, let alone in the Big East. So uh, I, do I have to, like, reevaluate everything the Big East is in my eyes right now? What is happening on this media day? Yeah, that, honestly, before we got – because obviously we do our little pre, pre-talk through before we record these things – I was coming with this, like, there was no clinging on the team. That was my first thought. And then I started to really look. I'm like, oh, shit. Tyler Kolick's not on this list as well. I, You know, and I've – this is not me putting Joel Soriano down because, actually, he's very productive. He's very good. But I don't know. I'm a firm believer that top 10 NBA draft picks should be able to make first team in their own conference preseason. That's just typically how I feel. Yeah, I mean, there there just isn't a world where anyone in the Big East or in the country would take Soriano over Klingon this year at any uh, any point. <laughs> if we're <laughs> if, and if we're if we're doing also all conference teams, if like we're matching up these teams, the Big East is putting themselves at a huge disadvantage. Is, is this team that great? Well, that's it. I don't want to be too harsh on Soriano because the same thing applies for Hopkins, who I think I mean, is also I, I, a very shit, good player. I, I'm looking at other guys like Justin Morris, first team All Big East. Oh yeah, like is it is it. 2021 because i would buy justin moore as a preseason all big east guy then not right now after what we saw last season i just uh i don't get it i know like preseason award stuff is flimsy so i don't want to be overly critical of it but like to me pretty stupid to just not include your player of the year number one and two who do people think donovan Klingon is <laughs> like that's that's one of the baddest men in the sport like 
unequivocally, like it very clearly, and betting lines know this. If you want to bet national player of the year, you're getting Donovan Klingon at like very close runner up to Zach Eady odds, but apparently no one cares. I feel like in general, from everything I've seen from the Big East stuff right now, they're being really harsh on the defending champs cart. Like they got picked third in this conference preseason behind Marquette and behind Creighton by a lot. Like there's separation. It's Marquette and Creighton, and then it's a drop, and then it's UConn. And that doesn't sit well with me. Klingon's the only guy who made uh, the first two teams, I believe, here. There's like a bunch of Marquette guys involved on the second team and the player of the year. There's two Creighton guys on the first team. UConn has a lot coming back here. Like it's Klingon, but it's not just Klingon. Like Tristan Newton yeah. is back. Caravan's really good. Cam Spencer was a huge ad. The freshman class is dope. I just think uh, we gotta we gotta crown the champs, man. We shouldn't rip that off their head so fast. Yeah, and and as leader and advocate of Tyler Kolick isn't who you think he is. Even I have an issue with him not being all first team All Big East. That's <laughs> how's that happen? Don't they have to? I feel like this is the type of first team that has to come out with a statement from the conference saying they made a mistake. There had to be a miscount. I mean, right. it has, with Kolick, it has to be intentional. It's like if you're the player of the year, you're not on the first team. Maybe they want to honor more players across the conference. That fine. That's fine. But Klingon, Klingon does not make sense to me. He should be on the team very clearly. Over, over Soriano? Over shit, everyone? <laughs> like, can we like, just straight up gun to your head? Which player from the Big East do you want on your team to start a team with this season? I love Kolk. I do. But it'd be Klingon. Can you look me in the eyes and tell me that Kolk's going to have a better year than Donovan Klingon? Yeah. I don't think you can. I, I didn't. And that's just what I just did. It is, but I think you're lying. And I think you know, like, you don't feel good. You just said that out loud, and I can tell you don't feel good about it. You're trying to do the R Creighton thing. I'm, okay. If Kolk doesn't get mono last year, his stats are crazy. Okay. I mean, you can get mono again. Klingon hasn't had mono. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Uh, I think Klingon's the best player in this conference. I don't think it's close. I think that's a massive. Really? Do you miss. think best player in the conference? And it's not close. Yeah. Okay. I think there's a real world where he's the second. Klingon's not even the best player on UConn. I mean, from everything that I saw at the Final Four and on, through my TV before this, I think Donovan Klingon was their best player last year. He just didn't oh, wow. play. Like, and anytime this kid was on the floor, it was like, oh my God, I can only see Zach Eady do these things. Like, that's it. Like, <laughs> I think he's that good. And I think they just didn't play him and reserved him. But it's, it, I get it's an obvious breakout. But um, yeah, there's, there's definitely not another player, Kalk included, Trey Alexander included. We love Creighton, Kolick included. I would build around. Donovan Klingon and it wouldn't be close. I think he's going to be a monster. Okay. Um. Yeah. I, I. I. I hate that you can tell when I'm lying and I don't feel confident about things because I definitely did not feel confident about that saying Kolkrenner and the Klingon. But uh, last thing, I'm sorry that AJ Hogarth's firstborn Tyler Kolick was not on first team All Biggies. Hopefully that creates another chip on the young Rhode Island kid who wants to prove everybody wrong and who George Mason threw to the side. We're not going to Rhode Island shame. That's not what we do here on this podcast. But that is a great segue into 
A.J. Hogard, who we want to talk about for our third topic today. The Bob Cousy Award honorees preseason are out. This is the top 20 point guards in the country. I want to read these names quickly, 20 of them. Isaiah Stevens, Stephen Ashworth, Tyrese Proctor, Ryan Nemhard, Jamal Shedd, Dewan Harris, DJ Wagner, Tyler Kolick, Jameer Young, Javon Quinterly, Nigel Pack, RJ Davis, Boo Booey, Ace Baldwin, Judah Mintz, Zakai Ziegler, Max Acemas, Wade Taylor, Tristan Newman, Isaiah Collier. Uh, sorry, Tristan Newton and Isaiah Collier. Uh, I mean, in general, good list. I want to say one of my first takeaways is there are a lot of good guards in college basketball this season. I don't believe that was true last year, but I do believe it's true this year. There's an influx of freshman talent on this list. DJ Wagner and Isaiah Collier are there, but there's also some returning guys that are stepping into bigger roles, meaning Nigel Pack now that Isaiah Wong is gone, meaning RJ Davis with Caleb Love gone meaning that Max Acemas at Texas instead of at Oral Roberts. Like there's opportunities for guys to look really, really good and better players, better versions of themselves. Notably, one player who's not on this list, Carter, is your point guard, A.J. Hogard, a.k.a. WAP, a.k.a. Wappenheimer. Let's go to WAP's Twitter account for his commentary here where he tweeted the notes emoji. That's all it was. He also turned off comments. You can comment on any of other A.J. Hogar tweets that you would like, just not his notes in reply to being left off the list of top 20 point guards in the country. Is A.J. Hogar a top 20 point guard in the country, yes or no? Yes. You can't argue it. He's a top 20 point guard in the country. Can we argue it, though? You, you're you telling me that Javon Quinterly, Mr. 8, 2, and 3 last season, is better than A.J. Hogard? I'm not telling you that. Like, but I think you doing? can argue like, it. Like, I think you can argue Gre- it. Greg, 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 you know me. You know you know my comment. You know how I feel about WAP, all right? I'm not necessarily, like, out here screaming to the hills that WAP's the best point guard in the country, best point guard in the Big Ten, any of that, not, any of that, in my opinion, nonsense. But not putting him as a top 20 is just actually disrespectful and wrong. It is. Like, come on. Like, I get, like, CBK report hoeing them and whoever else is making lists hoeing them. But let's let's actually have a serious moment here. There's some point. Like, I am actually physically shaken and couldn't find myself to sleep last night because Javon Quinterly, who I repeat, averaged eight, two, and three last season on 40% from the field. And he... I mean, what the three assists, two turnovers a game, hang the banner, top 20, koozie award, going to play for Penny. Like, what, 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 it's, it's frustrating. That's the one that really pisses me off. I guess you can make an argument for the other ones, but damn it, put AJ at 20 at least. I mean, you got to where I'm headed with this. I think AJ Hogarth is the top 20 point guard in the country. I think if I was making this list, I would have put him on the list. But I think acting like this was a Donovan Klingon, not first team Big East level omission is where I draw the line. Like it is not a ridiculous thought to think there are 20 point guards in the country better than AJ Hogard. The 20 on this list can be disagreed with. But to come back out, like I think the first thing you said is you can't make an argument that A.J. Hogard's not a top 20 point guard in the country. I think you most definitely can make an argument that he's not. 
Uh, in fact, let me try right now. Even though, like I said, I would put him on this list. Let me try to make the argument. Kendrick Davis was one of the best point guards in the country last year at Memphis, right? Mm-hmm. Javon Quinterly was on Alabama where they had a bunch of great guards, right? I No, I'm not letting you do this. So Javon Quinterly is not going to be better in the Kendrick Davis role at Memphis. Kendrick, David, Kendrick Davis was a monster at his previous school. Javon Quinterly was a monster a couple of years ago. He got worse. Year. Yeah. That trend's going to continue. Okay. We don't know that. We don't know that. And that's one of, uh, let me count these. Excuse me. This is going to be really difficult. Two names on this list that I think you could argue A.J. Hogarth's better than. Javon Quinterly's one. Ace Baldwin's the other. If you want to tell me A.J. Hogarth's definitely a better player than Ace Baldwin, AJ, I'll agree with that. A.J. Hogarth's not better than Jamal Shedd? No. No. He is. No. Yes, he is. Why? What What are we doing here, man? Like, why Why is he not? <laughs> because I thought that was, like, very obvious. Like, Jamal Shedd, yeah, okay. Houston's second best player last year, is not better than A.J. Hogard. Interesting. Okay, let's see here. I, I can't wait to read these. I know these are going to be special. Oh, Jamal Shell was pretty good last year. Yeah, he's very good. Like, but <laughs> but, but, but also but also stats not as good as AJ Hogarth. I mean, we sure about that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I know they're not. I know that for a fact. All right. I don't know. Look, like I said, I would put him on the list. I would have him 18th on my personal list. So you're saying he's 20. You, he, but he is he is 20th, right? Correct. Like he he he's for sure a top twenty point guard. Like I not you, for sure. No, not for sure. I think if if these are the only names, if AJ Hogard plus the twenty names on this list are the names that we're arguing, then I would say he's eighteenth. But I think there's other point guards that also can argue they should have been on the list in the country. So like this, like thir- is thir- every thirteen is, six, thirteen six and four. Card is every guy. That is 21 through 30 supposed to tweet out the notes emoji. Is that what we're doing here? Because they should have been 17th. Like, it's not like AJ Hogarth should have been fifth on this list. So why, like, you're not slighted if somebody has you three spots lower than you should have been. That's not a slight. That That's not a slight. But Javon Quinterly being on there is a slight. It's not a slight. AJ Hogarth. But- I again, I've been very on record. I think he's going to have a great year this year. I'm buying AJ Hogarth stock. His biggest thing is manufactured adversity, man. Like that's and here you go. Here's another one. Like you know what else? Somebody show AJ Hogarth that he wasn't on the first team All American preseason list. Somebody show him that. Let him print that out and staple it on his fridge. I'm sure like that'll be what he needs to go get a good lift in today. I just wanted to let it be known. Two main takeaways. If you don't take anything from this segment that you that you listen to, just take this from 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 me. AJ Hogard is a top twenty point guard in the country. All twenty players currently on this list would cook Bob Cousy in a one v one, and that's Bob Cousy in his prime. By the way, I do not want you to overlook that thought. Let's go to one big thing presented by Big B. Ah. Uh. 
I had two today that I'm deciding which one I want to use. Actually, I'll use this one. Okay, here's my one big thing. I don't want anybody to be shamed for wearing an Apple Watch to all events and settings. I hate that that's a thing. I think you should be able to wear Apple Watches to weddings. I think you should be able to wear Apple Watches to work, to events, to anything. I think there's way too much emphasis put on the fact that you have to change your watch. Apple Watches are universal and should be worn to every event at any time. Closing your rings is always important. I disagree. Why? You never wear a watch. It's not that important. Like, we're really putting that much love on closing your rings. I was going to agree with this until you hit me with closing your rings is that important. Yeah, uh, closing my rings means a lot to me. Okay. And I don't do it enough, hence why I'm shaped the way I'm shaped. I just, I don't think you need the watch to close the rings. Like, if I'm back in motivational coach mode, like I'm telling, close the rings is a metaphor. It's keep chopping. It's not like make sure we have our accessories on so we can go be fit today. Like, just be fit. I mean, yeah, yeah. Are you not a are you not a, a fitness watch guy? Like, aren't you a Fitbit? No, family? I think Doesn't matter honestly, have a Fitbit. I, I don't. I don't like wearing things consistently that are going to get sweaty and gross. Like I've, I have worn a Fitbit at times in my life, but like overwhelmingly it got gross. <laughs> oh, so I, mean, I would stop you, wearing it. You know, that's why you wash and change the bands, but okay. I, I hear you. I understand. I did wash and change the bands. It was still gross. Like I, oh. did, I don't want to wash my watch and then have to put it back on. It gets gross again. It's gross. Okay, but the 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 one big things this week have made me feel like I'm alienated a little bit. Um, you are. So it, you are. Okay. You're West Coast. You're West Coast. It's been hard. I don't like. I don't like that. I need to get back. I need to get back home. It's hard. Uh, my one big thing is that we have a secret. You are in the know about this secret. So am I. And our Discord members aren't even. Nobody else in the world except for you and I knows this secret about Sleepers Media. And I want it to be known. This is your warning to everyone listening to this. This secret is going to remain a secret until a moment where there is a big reveal. That's all that I will leave it at. But I want you to be warned. There will be a big reveal. And there's currently a secret that Carter and I are keeping from you. That's my one big think, thing presented by I Bing. Think you're, I, th I think you're keeping it because I don't know what the secret is. No, you know the secret. I don't think you know that we're keeping it a secret, but you know the secret. I'll leave you with that. Everybody have a great Tuesday. We'll see you Wednesday when Carter's back in Michigan. Goodbye.